Hey, hope you're doing well today. Got my good friend Bill Fowler with me. Uh, we're going to be talking about some things that will hopefully be of benefit to you and help you in your walk with God or maybe discovering God for the first time. You know, we're going to talk about some things that uh, might shake you up a little bit, maybe not. Uh, but we're going to talk about grace. What is it? Sounds, what is it? Sounds fun. I'm excited about it. Yeah. You know, Bill, one of the things that I came to realize real early in my walk with God was church, the church community uses a lot of terminologies that I don't even know if the church understands it, but definitely people in the world don't understand some of the some of the words like grace, salvation, righteousness, Holy Spirit, tithing, and just a we'll just keep naming them, you know. But I I hear you saying this, but it, you know, 15 years ago, I just said, yeah, I know what all those things are, but I wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think, I think the further we walk with God, if, if we're open, the more we discover who he is. And, and it's like I, I heard Janice, my wife say, uh, and I've heard others say it too, that it, God's kind of like peeling an onion. You just take it layer by layer, you know, you just keep discovering more and more things about God, you know. And, and then, you know, Paul even said in his writings, here's a guy that wrote most of the New Testament. Right. And at the end of his life, Bill, he says, the one thing I want to do is know him. It's like, good Lord, guy. You gave, you gave us the Bible and you're trying to discover who he is. And where does that leave some of us, you know? But when I talk about grace, you know, what is it? And before I do that, I'll make a, a statement. You know, I've talked about this. That A.W. Tozer said, I, had, I read this a long time ago. And it said, the most influential thing you th think about, the most, that has the most power in your life is what you think about when you think about God. You know? So okay. let me say it again. The most influential, powerful thing in your life, my life, Bill's life right now is what we think about when we think about God. And how it applies to other areas yeah. of your life? Yeah, because, um, see, the, the thing is, what how you view God influences everything in your life, especially relationships. You can tell more about how, uh, what a person believes about God and the relationships than you can anything else, you know? Uh, and so... Uh, and it can all be subconscious because you're you know, thinking, can I trust God for yeah. this and not have to worry about it? Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, and so um, when, when a person uh, thinks about the beach, think about pretty much the same thing, you know? The mountains, pretty much the same thing. Ice cream, watermelon, you know, you, we all kind of get the same version or the same vision to, to some degree. But when we say, let's think about God, it would, in the, in the average church, it would be mind-blowing to see the different versions of God that people come up with. You know, it may be the mystical God, the, the school teacher God. It's all about making good grades. Or, or it may be the, the judgment God or the judge, the ruler, you know, God. And and but what you think about God, when you what you think about when you think about God influences your life more than anything else. And so when I started my walk with God in 1980, you know, I heard a lot of statements, words, I, I call it Christianese. You know, we we speak our own language, almost like a subculture, you know. And they were using words like salvation, you know, and those not they're not bad words. Do we just don't necessarily understand them, or maybe we don't explain them, you know, in a way that people can grasp them, you know, uh, you know. And so, like I said, all these other terminologies. But when it comes to uh, grace, you know, it was way down the road in my walk with God before I ever heard 
a definition that settled in my heart, and and I thought, yeah, that's it. Because how, what what when you think about grace, what were you taught grace was? The unmerited favor yeah. of God. Yeah, yeah. That that is probably what ninety nine percent of the church believes. Well, and I've got I had on my shelves bookshelves every well known minister. You know, I mean, national right. type wrote a book, and that was the you know called Grace, or yeah. that was in the title, and yet it wasn't right. What it, we're talking about, right, you're right. talking yeah. about. You know, Grace really is God's influence on our heart. You know, that, that brings forth His ability. You know, His ability, not our ability. In other words, His grace, His ability enables us to change things that we can't change by ourselves. I mean, think about how many things that that in our life that uh, we've struggled to change, and we might change them some, but we've got to struggle to keep it. And so however we change, whatever way, if we struggle to change, we've got to struggle to keep it. But grace, Bill, produces effortless change. Where, Go explain that. Yeah, effortless change, meaning you don't have to try to change. You know, And it stays. It sticks because your effort did not change you, and continued effort doesn't keep the change, okay? So grace produces effortless change because it's, listen to this, it's God that's doing the changing. So this is the real stuff, not, the real change. Not us changing. God is changing us. You know, and, and he's and, not changing us. Because we're unacceptable if he doesn't. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, the Bible says that we he has made us accepted than the beloved, and and you can't get any more accepted than accepted. You know, I, I told our Bible school students this recently. I said, you know, I was talking about this, about acceptance, and, and how the Bible says that, that we have been accepted in the beloved. You're as accepted as you'll ever be. So I asked our Bible school students, I said, how many of you went to college? And so, you know, just most everybody raised their hand. I said, okay, so before you went to that college, you applied to get in, right? Yeah. You got an acceptance letter, right? Yeah. Okay. So when you got the, you went to college, right? Yeah. Uh, did you get an acceptance letter? That I did. Okay. Did you ask them to send you another one? I did not. Okay. I knew I was accepted. Yeah. Okay. And so we have something that's even more uh, fail-proof than a letter from a dean. You know, we have the Bible, and the Bible says he made us accepted in the beloved, you know, not by our performance. And you see, a lot of times we struggle with something to change something. And again, if we change, the change only lasts as long as we put forth effort. But you're not talking, you're talking about changes that we want to have, mm -hmm. not to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And we need to change. It would just make our lives better. Yeah. So it's not to get qualified. No, no, no. It's just yeah. it's a different animal. Yeah, you're as accepted as you're ever going to be. You, you know, and and your thing is, our performance did not make us accepted. Therefore, if we don't perform, it doesn't make us not accepted. And boy, people people you know fall over backwards on that one. You know, but um, like like the the issue you've heard me talk about. We've been friends a long time, and you've heard me talk about the the anger issue that I had. Mm -hmm. You know. People would say to me, and if you've got anger issues or you're dealing with emotional issues, and I'd have people say this to me, well, you need to stop being angry. Well, yeah, Captain Obvious, I kind of know that, you know. I mean, I know I need to change. I know I need to stop being angry, but I didn't have a clue how to do it. 
I mean, I, everybody I'd talk to, Bill, would say, well, Alan, you need to stop being angry. Mm, I kind of know that. How do I do it? Well, I'll pray. Well, I'd pray, and I'm still angry. I was pissed off when I got finished, you know? And and so I, I, I you know, it's like I, 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 it, there was no winning this thing, you know? And so the, the harder I tried, the, ang- the more angry I, I became. I know. And, you know, I was, I was an angry person before I became a Christian, and I just became an angry Christian. Now I had now I had legalistic. I became a legalist. I be, I had legalistic tools to use, you know, to justify, you know, my um, anger issues. What's interesting though is that you've you told the story to me only recently in in detail, and the anger that you're talking about is not your garden variety anger. Oh. It is. I've never heard of anyone having anger like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, and, and and I know you've heard this, but for the, for the sake of the people, you know, I, my anger issues were so bad, I would black out. I would start seeing stars and birds and, and had to physically sit down because I was about to pass out. I guess my blood pressure was getting so high or something. I don't know what was happening. But I, and, you know, and I can remember that as a little boy. But... And yet I would categorize you as the least angry person I know and have known in my whole life. So well, when I heard that story, I was like blown away. Yeah, well, and and that's because of grace. I can't, you know, I can't boast in me. So something sure. happened. How you yeah. this grace got it didn't yeah. just I got into the club of God. You know, I I can remember getting so angry. Uh I mean, I could just walk through time and time again, but one of the one of the worst anger fits I ever had put me in hospital for seven days. You know, I uh, I um, got in a fight with a guy. I was 16, and he was 23. And, you know, 16-year-old kids shouldn't fight grown men, okay? <laughs> I went as bad as I thought I would. I might have been bad for a 16-year-old, but not for fighting a 23-year-old. And so he he pushed me and pushed me on some things, and I let my anger get the best of me, and we got in a fight, and I ended up in the hospital for seven days. And they, you know, often say they, they built this side of my nose back and, uh, you know, it was cut from the eye socket to the top and this nostril was torn loose and they had to go back in there and build and, I, and build my side of that nose back. And I said, so I have a reason for looking like I look. <laughs> what your but it was is. anger that got anger. you, not hatred for this guy no. that had been building no, up. It was anger. just anger, anger out of control. And I, I can remember, you know, as a, you know, I grew up in North Alabama, you know, and, and back in back in the 70s, Early seventies, you know, um, everybody drove. You know, 12, 13, 14 years old. You know, everybody did out in the country. You know, right. and and I can remember I had a I'd bought a '66 Mustang from my sister, my oldest sister. Uh, it was a straight shift, and she couldn't catch on to it, so I bought it from her. And I mean, I bought it from her. You know, I paid the payments on it. You know, it was my deal. You know, and I say that because a lot of times parents now tend to hand kids everything. You know, and they're they're ruining them. Don't realize it. But anyway. So I was coming home from a ball game, and I lived about a mile or so from the school, and I can I, I can almost take you within a couple hundred feet of where this happened. And I had a flat, left rear. I got out and I looked at that left rear tire, and it was flat. Bill, I lost it. You know, back then cars were made out of metal. I mean, thick metal. I started kicking the left fender on that car. And this is in 72, probably. Yeah, somewhere in there, 72, 71, so there was 72. no aluminum or yeah. plastic on the car. 
it did in 71, 72, it did $450 worth of damage to it. And that was back then. And of course, my dad made me work and pay for it and had it fixed, you know. You and, did the damage. Yeah, I did the damage. So you need to stop being angry, Alan. Mm-hmm. I kind of know that. But how do I do it? You know, how, how do I do it? See, um, change, grace change, his ability, his influence on our heart brings forth his ability, empowering us to change things we can't change on our own. But changing your beliefs is not effortless. Explain that. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, there is a rest for the people of God. And he said, therefore, let us labor to enter into that rest. It's about changing your belief system. And primarily, how you see God. You know, how you see God influences everything. And so I remember getting to the place, and you may be there just, just like I was. You, you got something you can't change. And Bill, I'm telling you, it was like, duh, all this time, and it's been this, it, it, it could be this easy. I stopped. I, I told this at a conference I was doing in Africa not long ago uh, to a group of ministers, and I said, you know, I stopped focusing on the anger because all I'd been up then is focusing on anger. Gotta stop being angry. Gotta stop being angry. In Jesus' name, gotta stop being angry. Gotta stop being angry. I had my confession. I had all that stuff, you know, and nothing wrong with confessions, and, and I, I have confessions. I do confessions. But I remember getting to the place where I finally said, Lord, you're going to love me. I'm already accepted. And if I never change this anger issue, if it never changes, you're still going to love me. You're still going to be with me. You had that awareness. Yeah. And, and then I stopped looking at my last anger fit and I started walking this thing out. And at some point, I stopped being angry. I, I, there's not a date on the calendar. It's not like somebody laid hands on me or anything. And I mean, I did have that done, but I didn't do it. You know, I tried everything. But again, this is this isn't just a problem that went away because of the grace of God, the power of God came in. You were the most angry person I've ever heard described, mm-hmm. and you are the least angry person I've ever known. That's and that's grace. I mean, so as a testimony of the two, I've, it's as Glaringly obvious, you know, and I've had I've had people say similar things to what you just said, and and I, I don't definitely don't boast in me because I tried to change by myself for so long, but I've had so many people say, I just can't imagine you being that way. I just can't imagine you just losing it. I remember me and, me and Janice were known each other since grade three, middle school, high school sweethearts, and and I remember mom and dad had went on a trip somewhere and. And Janice and I had gotten into an argument over the phone, you know. And you remember those old phones? You hung them on the wall and you had that long cord, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I got angry about something, you know. I don't know what it was. And I hung that phone up so hard. It was hanging on the wall. And it pulled a hole bigger than a basketball out of the drywall and that phone fell on the floor. So mom and dad came home from their trip. And uh, why is this hole in the wall? And that kind of like, Aaron did with Moses, you know. I said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. I hung the phone up. It just fell off the wall. You know, it's kind of like when Moses came down off the mountain, you know, and, and you know, the people wanted a God they could see, and Aaron, you know, made them a golden calf for them to worship, you know, and the golden calf has done this, the golden calf has done this. 
And so Moses says, what's this thing you've done, Aaron? That's kind of like I did with the telephone. I had to justify myself. Aaron said, Moses, you're not going to believe this. The people wanted a God they could see, and it made me so angry. I took all the gold out of the camp, and I threw it into the fire, and I jumped that calf. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> anyway, so, I didn't realize so, that. So, so effortless change comes from changing your beliefs. Now, we're going to go further with this next time. Uh, we're running out of time here for, for this podcast. We'll go further with, with Grace, what is it? But if you're struggling, you know, with anything, you know, physically, emotionally, particularly emotions, you know, let me encourage you, get your mind off the emotions, you know, and get it on the fact, if I never change this, I'm loved by God. And what's going to happen to a period of time of doing this, there's the, the ability, the grace of God is going to come alive in you. And one day you'll look around like I did and I thought, I don't even remember the last time I got angry, you know. And, and that, I mean, I've been angry since then, you know. But uh, not at, not out of control anymore. I, I have not been out of control since then. And uh, you know, the Bible says, "Be angry and sin not." So it's not wrong to be angry. It's just how, what do you do with it, you know? And and we'll talk about this later. But but anger becomes sin because you can be angry and not get in sin. But there is an anger that turns into sin. So when does anger become sin? When you stop doing what love does. That's when anger becomes. Say that again. You know, so Bible says, "Be when angry does anger and sin become, not." Mm-hmm. So when does when does anger become sin? When you stop doing what love does. When you stop walking in love, you let your anger cause you to stop walking in love. Then you're in sin, and sin doesn't change how God feels about right. you. It just causes problems That's in your right. life. It causes you more of what you've already don't want. Okay. So we'll pick it up next time, and we'll go further with it. And uh, Grace, what is it? This is part one. We'll jump into part two next time. And, and we're just going to go as long as we need to on this subject and cover it, you know, Sounds inside good. and out. Amen. Good to me. God bless you.